connection. I started to want that connection more and more and more and more. So I just said, you know what? Screw it. I'm going to try and do a podcast. And I'm like, no, what do I do? What do I do? So I run in the kitchen and I grab my work phone off the charger. I ran the bathroom, lift up the shirt, snapped the picture and was like, I, I did it. What we tell ourselves is, oh, I'm tired or I need to relax or I need to rest. Dude, I, I'm going to bed at, you know, 10, 30, 11 o'clock at night and I'm not missing a beat. Everything when you first get into it is about the sex appeal, you know, bugling bulls screaming in your face. And then you get to the Oak Woods and it's not the case. We got to impact that. And part of us having that impact is going out there and managing that that predator population. Hey, this is Guy Duplanche, or as Sam said, Guy, you asshole with that last name of Western Contours podcast. And you are listening to The Wild Initiative. Put down your latte and pull on your boots. I've been blessed to harvest 22 of the 29 North American animals with my bow. My personal 24-hour record for death threats is 88. They will start putting two and two together and realize this is how you call bulls in. So when I go hunting now, that's the ethos I take with me. You know, whatever whatever this hunt is going to throw at you, you pull your big girl pants up and you get on with it. Giant bucks are freaking awesome. They're beautiful. But you know what? I would not trade this first puck for anything in the world. So I'm really, I'm a geek. Magicians and dragons and magic swords. <laughs> I shit you not, man. I'm the biggest dork in the gun business. I'm Freddie Hartice, Hollywood Hunter. This is Aaron Snyder. Hey, this is Trevin Stoltzfus with Outback Outdoors. This is Rihanna Carey. Hi, this is John Sloan of the Interviews with the Haunting Masters. You're listening to The Wild Initiative. Hey, y'all, welcome to another episode of The Wild Initiative, brought to you as part of the Waypoint Outdoor Collective. This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tacova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovis.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. I also getting on to today's episode. I'm sitting down with Guy... You asshole for that last name. (laughs) 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 Oh man. You know, it's, it's funny, you know, start the podcast and this could have, this could have been, we were talking earlier. This could have been one of those bad ones where we end up talking for like two hours before I ever actually hit the record button. And they're like, well, we've been going, I guess, I guess we'll just find another time to record the episode. (laughs) We we did. We've done about 27 minutes of talking. 
I mean, we yeah. actually had some good stuff going there. I was going to say, well, and as we started, we started getting into stuff and I'm like, yeah, we need to, we need to start this. Cause then, then you like try and recreate it. And I've, I've had this talk oh, with a no. lot of guys, like you try and recreate it after the fact. And it's so, it's so lame. You know? yes. <laughs> it's it's like a, losing, losing. I don't know if you've ever done that, right. Where you record an episode and somehow you lose it into, into the, the, uh, space there we'll say um, and then you try and sit back down and it's never it's never the same recording it's like man i've lost a couple good ones that way i and knock on wood man sucks. i don't think i've never fully lost a podcast um i've i'm trying to think if I've, i may have started one late and that was i think something happened with the internet connection and we just started over like we we're five minutes in so all oh, that ain't bad. wasn't too bad uh i did have one that i recorded uh, and I'm, I'm curious if anybody listening, um, I will, uh, if anybody listening can guess which podcast episode it was, <laughs> I don't know. I'll send them something or I'll feature you on Instagram. So if, if you're listening, you can figure out which podcast episode this was and send me a message on, on Instagram or on my email. Uh, I recorded an entire podcast episode and it was one of my longest ones at the time. And I didn't check my mic settings. My whole end of the podcast was recorded on the laptop microphone, like the built in one. So it's all like, like noisy and tinny. And I was typing notes and all this stuff. And it sounded horrible. Like, so I went back and I re-recorded my side of the podcast, the entirety of it. It was over an hour. So that'll narrow it down for folks. It was over an hour and I had to re-record my entire side of the damn podcast. <laughs> was that, was that under the wild initiative oh, I, podcast not, or is that? Living... I'm not making it that easy for, I'm not ah, making it that easy for I was folks, trying to help but... you folks. <laughs> <laughs> that's uh well, like we were saying earlier, right? This is episode 199. So that's uh, almost 200 episodes of scratching their heads. I was trying to narrow it down. <laughs> I mean, there's, I know there's, uh, there's some folks out there, you know, probably I, I, my best bet as to who it'll be. It'll probably be Mike Hale. Um, he's been, he's been listening since like episode four or, or seven or something like that. And so if anybody can guess it, I would, I would bet it, it would yeah. be him. Um, he has a, actually a really cool story. He's been listening for a long time. I had him on as a, uh, as a bonus episode guest, he won a competition and, We've never like we he and I have been talking friends for a while and we've never really talked about his history, but hunting saved his life. Like, you know, he the doctors were like, you should be dead. And it was getting fit for hunting that literally saved his life. And he's got a cool story, man. So if you guys haven't listened to that episode, go look up Mike Hill's episode. It was one of my bonus episodes. But man, so you know how I like to start out. Tell us all a little bit about you, man. Um Give us, give us your background. How'd you get introduced to hunting and the outdoors and all of this stuff, man? First off, man, I appreciate you having me on, man. Uh, it's always an honor when I'm asked to be on the other side of the microphone. Um, so I appreciate it greatly. Um, I, shit, we've been, I don't know. I met you two years ago, two and a half years ago or something like that. Something like in Utah. That. You know, I've been listening. I've listened, you know, back up, you know, uh, living country in the, in the city, um, and I've always enjoyed it, man, the way your, your approach is. So thank you very much uh, for having me on. Um, shit, man, hunting. <laughs> 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 yeah, 
you know, so I started hunting in my, in my twenties, my early twenties. Um, it was something that always enamored. I was just enamored by, right. I remember, you know, I grew up uh, camping and fishing here in, in Southern California, Central California. And I remember seeing pigs on the side of, you know, Lake Kachuma, um, seeing deer on the side of Lake Kachuma as we're out there fishing. And, uh, it's just something that always struck me. So it's, you know, early Saturday mornings, waking up, catching, you know, build dance and then whatever hunting programming uh, was on. And most of that stuff was, you know, tree stands and, and back East down South type stuff. So I had no clue. Um, didn't really have the means to do it. And it wasn't something that my family was into. I have an uncle uh, that he would go on an annual elk hunt, you know, when I was a kid. And then my grandfather, he was a, a wing shooter, but it was like a once a year trip that him and and one of my uncles would do. And they would go to some lake in Mexico. And I'm sure, you know, and my story is that they would frequent the whorehouses. <laughs> and that was, that was probably most of the trip I'd imagine. And that's really the only exposure that I had outside of, you know, what was on TV and then, you know, started grabbing, uh, you know, Eastman's and, and whatever little VHS tapes and stuff like that. And it was just something that, was just like, it was, it was a part of me as, as much as it wasn't right. If that makes any sense, like I gotta, I gotta get my hands in this. And, you know, it was, it was a means thing when I had the means to do it. It was like, I'm giving this a whirl. I got on eBay. I bought a $200 Matthews bow. Uh, <laughs> I had no idea about draw length or nothing. Right. This guy had a bow. He had the whole nine release and everything. And I shot that bow for probably a good five or six years and just, you know, self-taught man figured out how to do it here. Um, and just went after it. And that was downhill. As they say, it, it consumes me. It consumes every, just about every waking moment um in one way shape or form or the other uh and then now you know my kids are both grown and my daughter's out of the house son is semi out of the house going to school and i have the time and it's just you know it's go for broke they were both fall athletes so for a while it was you know it's always family first period um and then i coached and and wouldn't miss games and things like that so i would have very limited time as they were coming up to go out and actually enjoy it in the last few years, man, it's been, you know, it's been just hell on wheels with me. And then once my boy stopped playing football and focused on his academics, I looked at my wife and I said, it's go time. <laughs> <laughs> and, it, and there's no looking back at this point, man. It's just, you know, it, it's what I want to do. It's my passion. And just about everything I do in some way, shape or form, it, it leads to that end. So you're going whole hog and hunting. What then, what then possessed you to start a podcast and tell us a little bit about the podcast. Okay. Uh, that's a, that shit, that's an easier question than the, the hunting question. <laughs> so, I mean, you, you know, you're from California, right? So you know how it is here, right? You don't, there's not a, a lot of connection with hunting. There's connection with the outdoors per se. You know, when you talk about the beach and the mountains and, and snowboarding, things like that fishing like crazy. And when you look at hunting, you, you, you're an outcast, right? You're an outlier there. There's not a lot of folks that even understand that it's available here. They don't even understand as they're walking around the local mountains that there's deer and mountain lion and bobcat and bears roaming around. So it was really, it was really a way 
for me to connect. It was a way for me to be a part of something that I longed to be a part of for so long um, in a nutshell. Some of it initially was, man, this is cool. Like, how do I get into that realm, right? That industry or, you know, that click or whatever it is. But then it's kind of evolved over time. And I, and I realized that the people that are involved in this lifestyle, this passion, this sport, however you view it, are some of the best people that you'll ever come in contact with. And, and there's people that will argue that, right? But I, I think that the hunting demographic and the values that you find within the hunting community and it's just just solid people, man. And so I started listening to podcasts, right? Yours was one of them. And no offense to anyone who's doing anything, but there's there's a group of people that are on podcast for the most part. At least now it's a little bit broadened, but there was a group of people that were on podcast and it was like great resources, right? Great information, but it didn't it didn't strike my chord. It didn't strike the chord of I'm this Yahoo trying to, you know, under undertake something. I have nothing. I didn't grow up doing this. I couldn't, I could relate to the information that they were providing, but I couldn't connect. And I would go to the range. And then, you know, as I started to loosen up and talk to people or you go to the pro shop and I, and I use that term very loosely for Southern California (laughs) 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 and and you meet that one-off guy that, you know, you have a conversation with man. And you're like, like this dude's story is, my story or how I see it. And that connection, I started, you know, I started to want that connection more and more and more and more. So I just said, you know what, screw it. I'm going to try and do a podcast. I didn't know any other way to do it. And I just started, you know, reaching out. Um, And then it's kind of been a a downhill ride from there, if you will. Um, I just wanted to hear the stories, man. I wanted to consume it. I wanted to be out there. I wanted to gain more knowledge. I wanted to just hear those, those, you know, air quote campfire stories. That sounds cliche is all hell, but you know, that that's what it was. Well, that's one of those, one of those things is like, I, some of my favorite episodes are with, with these dudes that are just like storied in the outdoors, you know, mm-hmm. and that, it, that have been through it. And, and I sit down and talk with these people and, you know, I'm sure you've had those folks on too, where you talk, you talk to someone and they're like, yeah, you know, I grew up like watching Will Primo's videos and, you know, getting real tree monster bucks. And this is what I, and I didn't have that experience. And yeah, I could go back and try and artificially create that by, you know, whatever, buying those videos off of eBay or watching them on YouTube or whatever, but it's not the same. Mm. But for me, like having those guys on and getting to hear those stories from a lot of them firsthand then is that's kind of, that's kind of what it is for me and getting kind of filling in that little bit of void of that, that kind of storied history in the outdoor industry. And I think that's, you know, that's one of the things I love about the podcast and anybody that listens knows I'm all over the place with this thing, man. Like, <laughs> you never know what you're getting with the next episode. <laughs> but that, I mean, that's the, ben- that the, I guess that's the plus about doing it yourself, right? Is it's how you see it. It's what you see fit. And yes, we want to deliver content that people are interested in uh, and provide some, you know, to some extent, some educational value, but it's it's however you view it. And that and, and really, that's the beauty of hunting. Right. That pursuit is just that it is how you see it. It's one hundred and ten percent all you you make it what it is. 
you your perspective on it it can it you know we use trophy right the trophy and it's cliche shit i love cliches there's a reason for them um that trophy is is really your perspective in that pursuit and that's the beautiful thing about it like there's no judgment i i love hunting with folks right but i've predominantly been a solo hunter and part of that is, is because i'm here the other part of it is is i get to do the shit excuse me i get to do it my way right how i see fit how i feel it works for me and there's no judgment there. I, I, and you know, if I'm judging myself, right, I'm, a, we're our own worst critic. So I can beat myself up with no one around to blame. Uh, I can't say my buddy blew the deer or elk, uh, which they do. <laughs> they know who they are. You know what I mean? But it's, it's just the beauty in the pursuit, man. It, it, just doing it your way, whether it's the podcast or in the woods, that's, that's just, that's hunting. So it's a, it's a beautiful thing, man. You know, it's funny. I was just, uh, I was just talking with, uh, earlier today, a couple of guys about it and we were talking about the knife making stuff and somebody made a comment and he's like, you know, you pick stuff up like so quickly. And I've always been like that. Like I just, I invest in skills and I pick them up quickly. I, I don't necessarily become an expert at them, but I can become competent at something quickly. And Hunting was not like that at all for me. (laughs) And that was one of my frustrations. And I think I've said it on the podcast before, and it sounds kind of arrogant to say, but I'm not used to being bad at shit. Like I, um, and I'm pretty bad at hunting. I've gotten a lot better in the past four years, but I think so much of that is because, and this is what we were talking about is that I love, I really do love hunting solo. And there's lots of reasons for that. Some are good reasons. Some are, prideful reasons, whatever it happens to be. You know, I just, I love being out there and knowing I can rely on myself and seeing, testing myself, seeing how Mm -hmm. capable I am as a, as a person, as a man, you know? Yeah. Um, But then there's also a slight aspect of it to where, you know, you hunt with someone else, same kind of thing. Like for me, it's always like, if I'm hunting with someone else, I'm a little nervous and I don't want to, I don't want to F up their hunt. Like, I don't want to be the one that, that blows their stock. Cause I'm like huffing and puffing up a mountain. I don't want to, I don't like slowing them down. Right. And that's, that's a prideful side of me that I need to get rid of. Cause I know they're not. Yeah. Some people are probably thinking that they're like, dear Lord, Sam, just <laughs> you're breathing, you're breathing like a, an 80 year old man walking up the stairs right now. Come on. Oh, that's <laughs> me, dude. I'm an ass. Like with my hunting buddies, I don't see how they deal with me. I'm not going to bullshit it. My one buddy, he just, he turns his head and he laughs and he's like, oh, here he comes. And the horns come out quick, dude. They come out quick. <laughs> I was, uh, the hunt with John Stallone, like, cause I, I, I went out with him for my Arizona elk hunt this year and man, he would turn around and, you know, he was giving me a little extra grief cause we're buddies, you know, he wouldn't do that normally with any client <laughs> that he'd be out, but he'd turn around and he'd just give me these looks like. I would, I would kick the tiniest little rock. And, and for me, like thinking I just barely made a noise. He'd look at me like, Oh, yeah. I just, I just like dropped an F bomb as loud as I could in the middle of the woods. <laughs> or something. Yep. He's like, dude, look how, how loud are you? <laughs> that, that's it. I mean that, and that's the thing, like going solo, you don't hear those noises. Right. So, you know, when you're out there and you're, and you're moving through the woods, man, and then you, you know, now you're going to add a guy or two. And it's just like, you know, you're like, oh, 
oh, and I'll bite my tongue and bite my tongue. And then I'll turn around like, what the <laughs> <laughs> eyes are all big. Like you son of a bitch. Oh man. It's there's so much like, I will say the times I have gone hunting with, with other guys though, I feel like I'm like, why don't I do this more? Like they, I learned so much more. I have such an incredible time. And, you know, recently my forays have been more into widening my variety of hunting, you know, mm-hmm. especially this year, you know, I, I started fly fishing more. I've started, I, you know, I went uh, upland game hunting. I did, you know, did some pheasant hunting re- with some buddies recently. I've done more waterfowl hunting recently. And it's all stuff that I always told myself I want to do, but have I, I like never just took the time. Cause Dude, elk season. I mean, right. nothing that's, trumps elk season. <laughs> like that's how life that's is. Where, dude, that's where I'm at. Cause I would go, I mean, I'd go out to like the the pheasant farm with my boy when he was smaller, you know, and have him plant out some pheasants just to get out in the field. Um, you know, any little dove hunt now, dude, I it's like, okay, I can go, you know, hunt pigs or I can get ready for elk season. <laughs> 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 and everything, you know, I just matter of fact, just was saying. Like, yeah, I'm going to go on a pig hunt here in a couple of weeks. Uh, and then we have our early archery deer that starts in. Oh, actually, I think they screwed us again this year. I think it starts in August. We only get like three weeks of archery deer in August now where it was like five weeks before. But that's the precursor to elk season, right? That's like, okay, we're, you know, we're drawing back on deer on the average at 80 yards. And the country sucks. It's 115 degrees. And are we ready for elk season? And that's all I could think of, you know, <laughs> and last year we went and usually we'll go every single week for five weeks and we leave Friday, you know, Friday afternoon, Friday evening, and we're back Sunday night. And last year, I think, I think we went out probably two or three weeks and I was just like, man, forget it. We saw pigs, 250 pigs like every weekend. It was just crazy. And it was just like, man, screw that pig. If I can't, you know, we, we wanted the buck. And then it was just like, forget this heat. Elk season's coming. Let's focus on that. So I'm kind of the opposite, man. I've I've let things go to the wayside to chase the wapiti, man. They uh they have me uh hyper focused. <laughs> hyper focused. Well, and it's it's I I wouldn't even say that I like that I'm sacrificing anything to do all this other stuff. It's I, I'm, I'm still really doing all the, you know, all the same stuff I would normally be doing. I'm just taking advantage of those opportunities better as time comes up and realizing I'm, I'm starting to realize how much time is wasted on other, other stuff right. or, yeah. you know, and how much I could, how much time I convince myself that I'm spending preparing for elk season versus how much time I'm actually preparing using to prepare for elk season. <laughs> I'm like, Oh yeah, I'm spending all this time. I'm like, okay, maybe, maybe about 40% of this time that I think I'm spending is actually legitimately spent uh, preparing for elk season. Oh dude, I got a schedule. I, I literally, I wish I had it here. I'd show you. I have a, I have a, my calendar and it's it it is spelled out in preparation for elk season like there is no <laughs> i can't you waste it Let, i th- honestly this this right here i think could be something valuable let's walk walk us through the calendar i think people could actually get uh, a lot of value out of something like this so so what i did sunday i scheduled my week right so th- it's a little different now so about i don't know it seems like a month ago 
I saw the 75 hard thing. So I said, you know what? I like to do stuff because I can do it. Mm-hmm. So I said, I'm going to do 75 hard. So it's, it's kind of added some stuff to it. The value there is the little bit of time that I was wasting is absolutely not being wasted. So it's yeah. like wake, sleep, and everything in between in my head. Even the reading portion of it is getting ready for elk season. Anywho, so I shoot every day in the yard. Um, and then three days a week during the week, I go to the range. And then I have a focus at the range, depending on where I'm at um, with it. So like the other day, I did a mid-range cadence is what I call it, right? So as I draw back at 20 yards, I have a cadence, right? There's a timing to it, my target acquisition, and when I decide to release that arrow. The reason I work on my cadence is as we drop back, right, the perception of that target being smaller shouldn't change that cadence. So I'll work on aspects like that. Um, out to my max distance, target max distance, which is about 120 yards at my range. So that that's, you know, through the week. Um, plus now it's two workouts. And then Saturdays I do a mountain run um, because I was on the mountain one day and I go, damn, I would love to be able to get my lungs to the point where I could run from this point to that saddle on the mountain. So those, so Saturday mornings are spent on that run. I injured for my third week, I think I injured my foot somehow. I think I might have strained it. I'm not a small guy um, <laughs> and trying to run. So it's 15 miles from where I'm parking to the saddle. And I ain't made it anywhere close yet. I'm not going to even BS it. And I only log my uphill miles and I'm probably sidetracking a little bit. So Saturdays is my mountain run. And then I'll come back and I'll do any prep that I have to do. And then it's, you know, consumptive time, right? Whether it be Dan State and Paul Medell. Mike Batiste, Dirk Durham. I try and get a couple of those. And actually, you know who's, dude, I, Chris Rowe, like I've heard of Chris Rowe for a long time, Rowe Hunting Resources. And I started listening. Oh, I, I'm in love with that man. No homo. Um, <laughs> I'm, dude, that guy, like he's my spirit podcaster, spirit animal. I mean, that dude is solid, right? And then just his background and, and years of, of that wildlife biology thing, absolutely stellar. Anywho, so I'll, I'll consume at least three to four podcasts or, you know, something consumptive throughout the week and add that into it. And then most of the time is really just spent working out, um, whether it's with the bow, you know, or in here in the garage doing step ups and, you know, talking about shooting under duress and things like that or long holds and then, you know, letting down, drawing again, hold long shooting. So it's just it's a mix of that stuff throughout the week on top of Western contours and the regular job. And then I started a little gig called Western fly covers. So yeah, that, that didn't break my schedule down, but that is, that is it in a nutshell. Um, and then on top of that 75 hard thing now, it uh, it's all go. There's not a wasted moment. Yeah. <laughs> and I feel, I feel like a lot of people know what 75 hard is at this point. Like it's, it's, you know, it's kind of a niche thing at first and then now it's expanded and a lot of, a lot of different people are doing it, but uh, basically, you know, just to explain to folks listening, the idea behind 75 hard is it's something you do every single day. It's a whole, it's a set of requirements you have to do every single day. The reason they call it 75 hard is because it's hard. <laughs> um, and uh, if you miss one day, if you miss a single minute of yeah. doing one of these things, one day you, start you have over. to start over completely again. And it's so it's what it's uh two 45 minute workouts. One has to be outside, right? 
Yes. Uh, you have to stick to a diet. Doesn't specify what diet, but you have to decide it and stick to it. Mm-hmm. No alcohol. What is it? How long? You have to read as well, right? It's 10 pages of reading. 10 pages of reading. And then... Uh, no cheat meals. Yeah, the no cheat meals with the diet. Am I missing anything else? Let's see. 10 pages of reading, two 45-minute workouts, one outside, uh, no alcohol, stick to a diet. Oh, and then the damn, the hardest one is the freaking everyday progress picture. That's right. Yeah, that's oh, the one that's easy God. to forget, too. It, you know what? It, it's almost, okay, so this is, I'm in my fourth week, and it's almost reset me three times. That's, oh. and, and you would think, like, something so medial, right? It, it just take the picture but you you'll forget it. Right. And it's for me, it's an end of the day thing. Typically I'm about to get in the shower. I'll snap the picture. And, uh, there's a couple nights. The one was closed, dude. It was, so I have mindset at midnight. So at midnight, that's my start over point. And I was, I was in bed, sleep, somehow woke up and go, Oh crap. I looked at the time. It's 12 minutes to midnight, dude. I jumped up. I grabbed the phone. My phone's updating. And I'm like, no, what do I do? What do I do? So I run in the kitchen and I grab my work phone off the charger. I ran the bathroom, lift up the shirt, snap the picture and was like, I, I did it. <laughs> I was, um, was going to say, you go in the junk drawer, you find the 25 year old digital camera. Yeah. It's like, it's oh, like a three megapixel digital camera. <laughs> you know, it, it, and I was saying like, I didn't, I didn't plan to do it. Right. I saw it and I saw people doing it. And I listened to, to, you know, uh, Andy Frisella when it was the MF CEO, um, been dealing with the first form stuff for years now. And I was just like, let's, let's just see what it's about. Right. Let's see if there, if, if I gain any benefit, we could all stand to improve in some aspect. Right. And, and what was funny, Sam, is that looking at it and as I started going through it within the first few days, I was amazed, right? Because like I said, I schedule my week. My week is scheduled every Sunday. I know what's going on, whether it's with work or, you know, I know what's going on every day. And the anomaly would be if my wife says, hey, let's do something Saturday afternoon, which is kind of the offshoot. To realize how much time I was spending on things already, but then to see how much time I was wasting that I could be using to be productive in some aspect, whether it's just the 10 pages of reading dude in four weeks, I've gone through two and a half books. Mm-hmm. I couldn't tell you the last time that I read a book from cover to cover. I'm going to say that it was, I, 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 I say high school, but it probably wasn't in high school where I read a book cover to cover like that. And I've gone through two and a half books. So to see, to realize wow, how productive you could be. And especially because it's a, it's a nonfiction book, right? Whether it's an entrepreneurial book or something, you know, a self-help type book. Yeah. Um, like you, you do yoga, right? So last year or right before COVID, I think that was the December before I got into yoga and man, I mean, you want to talk about something that's life-changing and yoga was kind of taken away with, with COVID, right? Studios shut down and I really fell off on the practice because being new to yoga, you know, a lot of the flow and everything is what you get out of the studio you're going to. So anywho, I started reading. I don't know if you ever heard of uh, Dylan Werner. He's a, that dude is just, he's a, a badass yoga instructor. So I got one of his books and it's called Illuminated Breath. 
And it just talks about breathing and that cycle and everything. And it, it combines, you know, that Eastern philosophy um, of yoga with Western medicine to, to kind of make the connection. So it's, you know, understandable, right? Yeah. Like anatomy, physiology and Western medicine for me is pretty easy. I went to school for paramedicine and blah, 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 blah. Um, so that part of it is really easy. Now, when you take the Eastern philosophy and combine that, it was just like, wow, these lights started coming on. Uh, it's just a great read, man. Um, but it, anyhow, I, I digress, but it, it just, it's amazing that I was able to find aspects where I wasn't spending time on something productive. And it, it really, it shocked the shit out of me. You know, it was just like, wow, I'm, I'm wasting. And it doesn't sound like that much. Right. But I'm wasting two and a half hours a day that I could be doing something productive and I was what we tell ourselves is, oh, I'm tired or I need to relax or I need to rest. I need to unwind. Dude, I, I'm going to bed at, you know, 10, 30, 11 o'clock at night and I'm not missing a beat and I don't mm -hmm. feel any different. I actually feel better. I feel more productive. I feel more energized. I feel like I'm utilizing the time better instead of just wasting away on something. And it's also led me to devalue some things like social media. <laughs> you know what I mean? Oh, it's like, yeah. what a absolute waste of shit right there um and i'm not a tv guy anyway so that part's easy alcohol my wife forces me to have a social drink every now and again um not a big you know not a big drinker um anyway but yeah it just it ain't for everybody because it is it is difficult but uh i think it's worth it i, I think if somebody gets in there and realizes you know what they're pissing away it, it's it's awesome. I can't wait to see the effect after the 75 and then see how I see how I translate that into my pursuit on the mountain. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70 yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. You know, I, I think it's one of those things where people need to do hard shit. Mm -hmm. Like, whether 75 hard is right for you or not, but like, or even if you look at like 75 hard and it's like, okay, these aren't really necessarily the goals I have or whatever, it's... You should try it anyway, yeah. just because like, cause I think a lot of people look at that and they look at it where it's like, okay, well, you know, the fitness, it's 75 hard. It focuses on the fitness and I'm already fit and I read a lot and you know, I don't have problems with alcohol, so I don't need to do it. That's not what it's about. It's not, not like trying to wean you off of alcohol and like get you fit. That's a byproduct of, mm -hmm. of the whole idea is it's all mental. It's a, it's a mental thing. That is the, it's meant to make you more mentally strong than anything else. It's everything commitment. else is just a byproduct. It teaches yeah. you how to do hard shit and, and stick to it. And I think more people need to do hard stuff. And it's like, I've shoot. I feel like I've had a lot of podcasts recently where we've talked about just people are freaking soft. Like mm -hmm. I'm soft. Like I'll admit it. I, I, Sometimes I wake up and like when I go to work out and I just realize how soft I've gotten and how out of the habit and lazy I've gotten. It's like, I was thinking about it today. I'm like, ugh, people that don't improve themselves just are gross. Not like 
not like looking at someone and being like, Oh yeah, you're you know physically right. unattractive, but like people that don't, yeah, I, I find people gross when they just don't want to improve themselves. And when they're, they're lit, then they, they're sedentary and don't want to, I don't know. It, there's, I, it's, it's complacency, right? We get, yeah. we get so comfortable with comfort that anything that challenges us is, is what we want to push away and it should be the exact opposite right? We should welcome those challenges and, and welcome that growth. We, we seem to forget that that's what grows us, you know, and we, we'd rather sit back and look at all the blue hues off the screens and everything else. And do that just isn't it. And I think, I mean, look at hunting, right? Hunting. If, if honestly, if it was easy, half of us wouldn't go after it. Right. Mm-hmm. So it was, to me, it's just like another, another brick in the wall, for to just be the best me that I could be. And then not in comparison with anybody else, uh, just to, to one up myself, there's another cliche, right. <laughs> um, but it, it really is, man. It, it is about doing, doing harder shit, you know, and committing to something we, it's so easy for us to quit. We make it so easy. I mean, you could, you could have sat there, started your, you know, your knife making endeavor and just said, oh, you know, shit, it's too hot, man. Or, you know, that thing burned my hands or that flame shooting out of that when I'm uh, dipping. You know what I mean? Like, I don't want to deal with that shit. It's, it's just so 20, easy for us. It's 20 below in Montana and I'm forging in my garage and I yeah. have to keep the door open. Yeah. No, that yeah. sucks. <laughs> I mean, but that, but it, it's so easy for us to quit on shit. You know, we, we, it's just everything around us is telling us to stop and take the easy way out. Right. And, and there's zero, absolutely. In my opinion, absolutely zero growth comes from that crap. And, and I ain't a young dude. I I don't want anything easy. Well, you know, nothing's rewarding when it comes easy. Like it's just, yeah, you may get some instant satisfaction. Uh, We were talking about this earlier. You know, a lot of people, uh, assume that you know whatever we got a following we run podcasts so yeah we must get free shit all the time that's how it works <laughs> right um yeah how many cooler companies are you sponsored by <laughs> yeah dude, i can't even get them to respond <laughs> <laughs> you just got dude you just got to put on you just got to put on the thong and get your ass out there it's, you know what it, it, i don't know if you've seen it man i got a little picture of me with the bow upside down <laughs> <laughs> Photoshop is a mofo, man. Oh, I put man. my face on one of those things a little while back, and every <laughs> once in a while, I'll drop that thing. Like, can I get a sponsor? <laughs> but oh, I mean, that's, man, but, that is a funny yeah. aspect of of that whole thing. And we were, you know, like we were saying, like, I, do what I turn down. Would I turn down anything that I found I might have some value in for free? Probably not. Just like most folks. But am I going to say it's the greatest thing ever in the world? Absolutely not. There's more value in me paying that, paying for that. Um, I'll get more value out of it, right? I'm going to appreciate it just like anything, right? Like with kids, right? You don't want to just give them everything. You want them to earn it. So there's some some value in it for them. I, I, I'll prime, you know, I'll take this bow all day for free. <laughs> so don't take me wrong, but, uh, it's something that I've shot for a long time. And, I, you know, uh, but if you hit me with a free, can you push this? Hell no, it's not happening. Yeah. It has to work for me and, and what I'm doing. Yeah. It's, a, I don't know. It's a, we totally lost my train of thought what I was about to say. <laughs> <laughs> Oh 
man. But it's it's what we were saying is I think that's one of the things that's so attractive and rewarding about elk hunting is that it's hard and that the the success rate is so low. Um, you know, I feel like I feel like I always overestimate it, but it's like, is it what 12% across like rifle and archery and then even lower for archery or is it? Yeah. I think it's archery is 10 and I, you know, it looks like it's gone up over as I, as I get into other States, I'm going to say that, that, you know, overall is probably sitting around uh, 16%, I think, and 10% in the archery realm. Yeah. But it's, you know, and it's, I love, I love seeing people's faces that aren't familiar with hunting. When you, when you kind of explain the whole thing where you're like, yeah, I pay this much to go hunt an animal. <laughs> and, and then you say like, oh yeah, it's like a, a 16% success rate. That doesn't sound all that low. Like it sounds low, but it it's not like a shock, but then it doesn't click. you explain it. You're like that, <laughs> you know, that means that, um, Oh my gosh, my math just failed me. Wow, that was really <laughs> sad. I tried, I tried to do basic sub- subtraction. Eighty four percent in my head. Yes. <laughs> wow. Wow. I'm just gonna. Uh, you can finish the podcast. I'm just gonna go home. Uh, I'm just gonna leave. <laughs> no, and and I yeah, think, you I don't think someone. most. I don't think most hunters even realize what that means, right? To be, yeah. if you, if you go with archery, right, we say it, oh, you want to be, in, you know, you want to be that in that 10%. Um, but man, that means that 89% of folks are spending, you know, if you're out of state, six, 700, uh, I just dropped 1200 bucks on a, on a tag, you know, applying for Wyoming on a mm-hmm. special, um, most folks will look at you and go, why the heck would you want to do that? But it goes back to what we were saying, right? Is that's where the growth comes from. And I don't think until you're out in the elk woods and you understand what that pursuit is and you get that insight to yourself at the end of that, because like we were saying earlier, right? You were saying that, you, you know, you recorded that first elk hunt and you were talking to yourself every night and you could progressively hear yourself on that decline. But mm-hmm. when you leave the woods and you go back and you reflect on those moments and think about what you what you took on and what you overcome, not knowing anything at that point, dude, the growth in that and, and the inspiration that you find within yourself to go pursue something, you don't have to look anywhere else for that inspiration. Mm-hmm. And it just happens to be one of the baddest freaking animals on the planet right oh yeah <laughs> you know what i mean and so you you get to look at these things that you're doing in the woods and you're like i, I can legitimately say and i don't mean this in any like arrogant way i'm freaking badass <laughs> I, like i did that you know what i mean and that to me that that every hunter should have that moment right that that prideful moment i don't care how you base your success or how you look at success. If it's a notch tag or it's time in the woods, but you know, overcoming some of those challenges, man against nature. And, and you're trying to beat, you're trying to beat hundreds of thousands of years of evolution. You've been on the, on this planet for a blink of an eye in terms of that evolution, dude, it is, it's next level. It is. Oh, I, I love elk. it's well you know people look at us like we're crazy you tell them that how much money do people spend though to go find themselves to 
to learn about themselves, to find that mental clarity. So many self-help books and videos and this and that and the other. And those same people will look at again, like you said, well, when you tell them, yeah, I just paid 1200 bucks for a Montana, you know, a Montana general permit. And I've, I've probably got, yeah. And Oh, 12% chance to actually Mm -hmm. come home with something. And but those same people will go out and spend uh, when all said and done thousands of dollars on therapists and books and, yeah. and, you know, not talking, not talking shit about going to therapy or buying those books. Trust me, I've got a whole cupboard over here <laughs> of, you know, those, those same books by like, you know, motivational dudes. And um, I've, you know, I'm not talking crap about therapy. Like, shoot, I'm probably going to go talk to someone like, uh, it is a good thing to learn about yourself, mm-hmm. but I guarantee you spend, you know, a week out in the woods. You're going to learn, you know, you're, you're going to learn real quick. <laughs> you're going to learn, learn a lot today. about yourself. You're going to learn about stuff. You never, one, you're going to learn about things. You could do things you never knew you were capable of, mm-hmm. whether that's just as basic as staying out in the woods for a freaking week for a lot of yeah. people. A night. I know yeah. guys that have run and were like, uh-uh, no, I'm not doing this tent in the middle of the woods by myself. I'm going and sleeping in the truck and I'm out tomorrow. Mm-hmm. I, and, and I heard that story more than once over the years. Um, my buddy was actually on a roof next door giving an estimate. And he, he went out on his own last year. His buddy flaked out on him. He lasted two days. And this guy hunts a lot. And, and he lasted two days because of that. And you get into your head and and he regrets it now. Right. But but overcoming that stuff, man, you, I don't in my opinion, you're not going to find it anywhere else. I don't give a sh- what you do. It doesn't. I've never I've done a lot of stuff. Right. I rode motorcycles, dirt in the street, track, snowboard. I still snowboard. I love snowboarding. Uh, but none of that has ever done what hunting has done for me in terms of my personal growth, my personal development, my mental maturity, then hunting, you have to face those things in on the mountain, in the woods, whatever it is. Now our tree stand brethren that, you know, are down, down South and back East, they got it a little different. So those guys probably aren't as manly as most of us out here in the west <laughs> thanks man thanks man it's been a while it's been a while since i've gotten hate mail <laughs> i had to i love i love but that yeah, i had to do it because I, I got some friends that are probably going to listen so we had to hit them but i mean that's how i that's where that's where i started here because that was what hunting was looking from the outside in even as a Western hunter, right back in oh, the yeah. day, man, I'm popping in a VHS and I'm looking at a dude in a tree stand. Shit. Some of my first experiences were in a tree stand, had no idea what I was doing. Right. But I was sitting in that damn tree, 12 feet off the ground, <laughs> pissing my pants like, Oh man. Um, but that no, was, I had to get that little jab in there. Oh yeah. Well, <laughs> I mean, same thing for me. My very first hunt, was uh, you know i mean not counting shooting shooting pigeons off the roof with my bb gun um but my very first thought was uh i went out with my my now ex to mississippi to visit her family and brought my bow and my camo and uh you know they put me up in the tree stand and the first oh man 
I went out with her cousin first and her cousin put me up in this tree stand. Uh, like, and he's like, this is like the, the money spot where all the action happens. He's just giving me the good spot. He's like, but the tree stands a little sketchy. Uh, and it was like, it, it, the, tree, the tree stand wasn't actually super sketchy in and of itself, but the way it was like angled on the tree. So you got the ladder, like on one side, the way they had to set it up with the branches. So the ladder's on one side. And then there's this like giant gap between the top rung of the ladder and the tree stand. <laughs> so it's not like the one you get up and like you're comfortable and you know, you, you hop right in and it is the sketchiest thing. You have to like get up and like you're hugging the tree while only your feet are on the, <laughs> on the tree stand. And it was terrifying enough getting in this thing, getting, getting out. out. <laughs> That's next level. I don't know how I did not wet myself. I will admit that right here now. <laughs> I was like, cause you kind of had to like hang from the tree stand and then like find the thing with your boots. <laughs> you know, dude, the, it, it, and, and as much as I I'll poke fun of it. And that's just because I like sharing that banter with those guys. So I, you know, to your guys that don't know me, it's just me joking. Um, it is, it takes the mental capacity to sit for 10, 12 hours in a tree stand, dude. I I've, honestly, that trumps me looking at 1200 foot of 45 foot or 40 degree incline and saying, okay, I'm going up that yeah. there. I can mental through that all day sitting there for that amount of time in hopes that that buck comes through. No, nah, bro, <laughs> not, not, I am not the guy I, I cannot do it mentally. It's, it, you know, and I've, I've talked about that on the podcast before. It is a different type of mental oh, strength God. to do that because you can't just like sit there and completely shut off. You have mm. to be alert that entire freaking time. And, you know, you're sitting there. If you hop on your phone and you miss that one chance at a buck that comes through or you make a little too much noise or too much movement, whatever it happens to be, and you, you just aren't focused you lose your opportunity and yep. you know, some places, yeah, you get a bunch of opportunity. Other places you'll be sitting there for eight hours in that stinking tree stand. And you have that one split second yep. where, you know, he comes stinking out and he is, shows himself <laughs> stinking is right. <laughs> Freaking whitetail. Who wants whitetail anyway? <laughs> yeah, that's, uh, that's next level, man. But you know, like I said, I had to, I had to throw that little jab into our brethren, but to me, any hunting is, is, you know, a good time, man. Oh, for sure. And well, you know, like we were talking earlier, it's like, I'm trying to expand out and do lots of different stuff because Elks, you know, I've said it a million times, elk's my passion. Like that is, I think they're the the coolest animal on freaking earth. I mean, if you, again, you tried to describe them, somebody was saying if, if, to somebody that never seen them, never heard of it, they'd think you were like trying to describe them some weird fancy fanciful animal from a fantasy film or something. Yeah, like, yeah it's like Pegasus, man. Oh man, and the areas where you hunt them are there's nothing like it. Like being in those places, just the the forest and the mountains and the views. And ugh, there's just nothing better than it on earth. But I, I don't think so. I love, I love every aspect of hunting. And if mm -hmm. I am given an opportunity to go hunt and I'm sure, I'm sure Andy will, Andy will roll his eyes at me. If he hears this, uh, I I'm about to say, if I'm given an opportunity to hunt, I will take it. And I've, I've missed so many opportunities with, with Andy <laughs> to go on. <hunt. laughs> <It's>, uh, 
<laughs> I've just, it's like always been the wrong timing when he invites me out. Uh, um, but you know, I will take any opportunity to hunt anything, man. You want to, you want to take me with a, you want to rock some twenty twos, and you want to go full redneck squirrel hunt. Let's yeah. do that crap and make some bomb ass stew afterwards. Like, you know, you want to sit me down. I love predator hunting, man. I was, you know, I'm getting ready for black bear season right now for spring bear. And I'm just, you know, it's getting me pumped again, just about like calling for coyotes and foxes and bobcats and stuff again too. And I'm like, man, I really need to just get out more like predator hunting's like the low hanging fruit, man. You, you're jonesing to do some hunting anyway. I don't know of, of many States where you can't just, as long as you have your license, you can't just go out and call for predators. It's like right. the easiest thing on earth, man. And you know what too? And, and, and it's almost, and I've changed my thought process on this, right? Because like bear, right. That's always been an opportunistic kind of tag for me. Um, but then as we look at predators on the landscape, you know, it's almost a requirement at this point, right? If, if we are as sportsmen are legitimately concerned with our, you know, our, our herds, right. We got to impact that. And part of us having that impact is going out there and managing that, that predator population. So that's one of the things that I have to, I'm going to be better on, especially here at home with, with the hurting numbers um, and how we see it, right. Mountain lions protected, bobcats protected. The bears are in trouble this year. At least one of them. <laughs> it is California. <laughs> oh man! So at least at least one of them in the uh, in the fall season is in trouble. <laughs> I you know it's I'm excited this year. Like I'm bound and determined to get out after bears, and I've you know I've I've done a few bear episodes uh, just recently, and it's because I always told myself I've I've been buying a you know a bear tag for like five years at this point. I've legitimately gone out after bears in California like once. <laughs> and Dude, we have we have a lot of bear, man. I oh, mean, yeah. here, you know, I'm in SoCal and you look at Angeles National, man, and you look at some of the the communities around, you know, the the foothills there, and there are some freaking giants, dude. Uh I have one on camera for the last 2 years and the SOB is nocturnal as can be. Um, and he is, I mean, you can, his legs look like they're about that big because this guy is so round and, and robust. <laughs> oh man. It's, and I can't, uh, we can't get him on days, man. He just he's not having it. Uh, yeah. I, I don't know, man. I I've, it's such a new thing to me. I'm so like in the world of, uh, stuck in that world of, of elk hunting. It's like, they're so different in how you have to chase them and all that stuff. It's, it's a whole new mindset, you know, and uh, it's cool to learn some brand brand spanking new. Oh, but yeah. I just, I feel like I'm a, a little kid running in there again. And there's so that's the hard part with elk, right? Is, is where do you start with elk? Because everything that when you first get into it is about the sex appeal part of it, right? Is, you know, bugling bulls screaming in your face, um, and they're running in, you know, with their with their eyes just back and just snarling and snotting. And then you get to the oak woods and it's not the case. Right. I mean, 95 percent of the time, that's not the case, at least in my experience. I've had one experience where that was the case. Errol, my Wyoming bull. Uh, but outside of that, man, it is. How do you approach these animals? Because I got a hold up bull. And as Paul Medell likes to <laughs> remind you that did the bull hold up or did you, but 
you know, how do you, how do you work a silent bull? So when they present something new to you, how, how do you respond to that? And then being to, uh, being able to adapt to that situation uh, and, and the, the ebb and flow of elk hunting is just, man, I think that's where, where the part of me is so enamored, right? Because I have this scenario, I'm, you know, a cold call and I have this bull get in and, you know, don't have a shot or, cow call and then here comes you know a small herd and this bull is gathering and he comes but doesn't present a shot and the cows are there and so it's like how do you work through all that stuff man and that that part of it is is ever adapting to it and and getting the understanding of the animal by those missed opportunities those failed attempts um man i I just as stupid as it sounds i love it i'll spend that seven eight hundred dollars to fail and it sounds weird um but I'll spend that seven, $800 to fail. If that's what it means for me to get better in that game, to have that firsthand experience is just, man, just being amongst them and, and getting closer and closer and closer. Oh uh, man. <laughs> it's, it's every penny of it, man. I, I just love it. I'd say, uh, you know, failing at elk hunting is better than succeeding at a pig hunt any day. <laughs> yeah. Although, I mean, pig, pig is fun, dude. Like I, oh, yeah. I enjoy, I enjoy chasing them suckers, especially like, you know, central coast here. I got a little spot by Kalinga. Um, that's just fun is all get up, man. And last year, those pigs, they were just, the numbers were insane. Um, and they're wily, like they don't stop moving, right? So they're gonna test you, um, and just a blast to hunt them, man. They're they're a fun animal. I didn't, you know, I can't compare them to elk, but they are absolutely a fun animal to chase. With Kizik Hands Free Shoes, motion sounds something like this. Kizik helps you experience the magic of motion. With over 200 patents and easy on, easy off technology, you'll never have to touch your shoes again. There are hundreds of styles and colors, plus a squish like nothing you've ever felt. For a limited time, get a free pair of socks with your first order at kizik.com slash socks. So, dude, believe it or not, I have never taken a pig. No way. Never in my life. I I went out to Texas uh, with Jess Byers and uh, Hearn Braxton uh, took me around. and you know, I did a couple episodes talking about that, but they took me out and we did it. And I, I stuck one and we thought it had literally dropped 10 feet away. We never found it. We could not ever found it. And that's the closest I've ever come to taking a pig. Damn. Yeah. Oh, dude, we gotta, we have to, uh, we have to plan something here, get you back out here for a weekend and, uh, go chase them. See, now I gotta, now I gotta buy that non-resident California tag. Uh, you know what? It can't be that much though. I'm, right I'm gonna pig? I'm gonna look look that up. Um I think a hundred and something, but hundred and forty-five, if that. Hunting. I remember back in the day, dude, you could buy you could buy a couple pig tags. I think you got two or three in a booklet and it was thirty-five dollars. Yeah. I'm I'm just curious right now. I'm curious what the, the non-resident license fee is. Man, there's some I, I gotta admit it's a little satisfying saying that. <laughs> <laughs> Oh man, non-resident hunting license, one hundred and eighty-three dollars and sixty cents. That's not bad. That's I mean, that's average bad. for like hunting out-of-state hunting yeah, license out of price. State. Yeah, um, it's just. Uh, I mean, in California, right? Unless you're going to Texas, California is one of the. Uh, 
I'm going to say one of the premier states for hog hunting. Right. And I think there here, at least there's public land opportunity yeah. um, to go hunt them. You know, it, it, as difficult as it is, if you find the right piece of public that's bordering some ag fields and whatnot, uh, you can get, like I said last year, dude, we counted 250 pigs in a couple weekends. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. There ain't many places that could do that on public. Oh, yeah. You know, so it's, uh, it, it, to me, it's worth that. You know, you're going to have to notch your belt and you could put them next to that that uh stink pig back there there you go yeah, yeah that's my that's my javelina right there his name's Stuart. uh ah, Stuart, <laughs> Stuart is tusky man oh <laughs> uh, yeah he's uh he was the the lone javelina he was uh he none of the ladies liked him he got shunned shunned from the herd uh, so he was wandering they knew he was himself. about to die <laughs> <laughs> he was the like the only javelina i saw that day and it was the last day hunting that's that's my that's dude that's my the way it goes in arizona for me guaranteed last day if you're ever hunting arizona with me don't expect me to fill a tag until the very last (laughs) moment of the very last day my my deer my elk my javelina all three very last moment very last day (laughs) it's that it's that but that that says a lot right about pushing through seeing it to the end yeah i mean tying that all back together it's like i none of this stuff i would have you know, ever, ever harvested my first year, my first elk, this have like never would have harvested if I had just been like, ah, screw it. And, and, you know, there's two, there's a couple different types of giving up, you know? Yeah. You can pack up and go home and, you know, that's the the big obvious grand way to give up or, you know, just even go back to town or whatever and hang out in town for a few days, but you can give up without ever leaving the woods, mm-hmm. man. Oh, absolutely. And heck yeah. I've done that more than I care to admit, you know, you'll be out on an elk hunt. You're like, and it's, it's almost worse. I feel like when you're, it's almost like you're doing a disservice to hunting and, and the outdoors when you're doing that, when you're, you're like an imposter, you're out there, you're like, Oh yeah, I'm still hunting. And you, in your mind, you're not hunting. Anymore. You're not hunting. You're just right. going through the motions. And yeah, I've definitely been there on elk hunts, man, where you you're going through the motions, but you're not hunting anymore. That's that's like the worst type of giving up in my mind. Yeah. And I've, I've done that like early on with deer. I've never I haven't done it with elk. And that probably comes with, you know, the years of chasing deer and pig. And I did it, man. I did it once where it was just like, OK, I'm here. Walk out. And I, I think that was. Uh, that was probably like year four, year four or five. I don't know. I regret missing that year. I was like, what am I doing? I haven't seen an animal. That was, that was my fourth year. I hadn't seen an animal. Um, couldn't figure it out. And I was just like, I'm, I'm something that I wanted to do my entire life as far back as I can remember. And I quit that year. And I regret to this day, man, taking that year off. It, it dry, literally drives me crazy. And that's one of my reflections at the beginning of just about every season. Like, how am I going into this year? Um, and I always remember that one freaking year that I didn't, I didn't go, you know what I mean? It wasn't about the times where I peeled off the mountain for whatever reason. just that one year where I said, I'm not buying a tag. My family's young. I'm wasting time. I'm wasting money. Um, and I regret that ever, ever since then, man, it just drives me nuts. All right, man. So tying it all together, somebody's, uh, somebody wants to get into elk hunting this year. Um, I've had a lot of people actually recently ask me, you know, in, in a couple of uh, groups that I'm part of where, you know, people are interested in getting into hunting and 
They're like, okay, man, you know, hey, is it too late for me to get into elk hunting this year? And I'm the first person to be like, hell no, it's never too late to get into elk hunting. Um, so if somebody, somebody's trying to get in, go on their first elk hunt this year, get ready for it, whatever it happens to be, what are your, what are your top tips uh, to kind of wind this all together? Top tips, go for it. Uh, wherever you think your shortcoming is at, don't let that hold you back, hone in on it, work on it. You got some time. Um, and just go after it worse. The worst that can happen is you go out of the mountain and you fail miserably in terms of punching your tag, right? That you is do some worst. like tear both of your knees and have to get hor- uh, <laughs> carried out on horseback. Like, yeah, I mean, <laughs> you were out there, but you were out there. That's <laughs> yeah. the thing, right? Yeah. So regardless of, of wherever you think you are not being prepared, things like that, you're never going to fully know until you're on the mountain, right? And, and a buddy of mine, uh, four years, four years shooting a bow, didn't, hadn't been on, on a hunt, right? He knew that's why he started archery. And I'm like, dude, what are you waiting on? Well, I don't know if I'm ready. Well, how will you ever know if you're ready? If you don't just, it's like, you know, can I swim in the deep end? Well, I can swim in the shallow end. So just go dump, jump in the damn deep end and get after it, right? I, I would say that that's the number one. You can't, you're going to fail, right? You're going to fall down and you can't fail or fall down. If you're sitting at home in the, on the couch, watching YouTube, uh, wondering if you're ready or not, you know, just go get out on the mountain and, and with all the resources, uh, be it Sam, be it myself, uh, the quick and easy DM and on social media, don't be scared to ask for information. Yeah. Guys will ream you about, you know, asking for a spot. Um, don't ask for a spot. Just, you know, what, what are the, the top three things I need? You need proficiency with your weapon. You need to know how long you're going to be there and, you know, adequate gear and, and survival provisions uh, and just the right attitude. I mean, that's to me, that's it. That's the biggest thing. You know, everything else is just you wondering whether or not you're going to ever do it. And if you delay it this year, it's one, one less year you're out there learning. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So nutshelled it <laughs> all right so uh folks want to follow along where can they find you where can they find the podcast uh on social western contours uh and then there's guy underscore western contours which is kind of like a personal page i really don't mess with i think with the 75 hard thing i was doing that for myself and i think i'm going to put stuff on there just to help maybe motivate folks. Right. I, I think mm-hmm. there's benefit to it. So I don't really mess with it. Uh, WesternContours.com and then Western contours podcast on just about every major platform. That's, that's all I got. All right, man. Well, I will make sure to link to that on the show notes page. That will be the wild initiative.com slash one ninety nine. man. I'm one ninety nine. 200 episodes man why you, i'm still amazed man do you ever get that like somebody comes up and's like man i listen to the podcast and you're like that's weird yeah <laughs> it, dude i you know reaching out to a couple people uh and even like being on you know yours but being on someone else's elk bros joe Gillia, he was like yeah man when i decided i was gonna start this you know this podcast with the guys i was looking for podcasts and yours was one I was listening to to kind of see, you know, what to do. And I'm like, how the heck does that work? <laughs> it's like, man, oh, man, I'm the wrong guy. Um, but no, dude, it, it is something else, man. What a what a uh, 
beautiful thing we have in terms of, you know, being on this side of the microphone or that side of the microphone in this case with, with this plat, with these platforms and being able to connect with like-minded people. Again, a cliche, man, it's just something wonderful. I mean, that's of all, of all the benefits of, you know, the many benefits of running this podcast because we make grand amounts of money by doing this. <laughs> um, you know, of all the benefits of the podcast, and there are a lot of benefits of running this and a lot of self-satisfaction and stuff, but the oh, yeah. people, the people I get to meet and with those people, the experiences I get to have are, you know, one of the most rewarding things of my life. And absolutely. Uh, so on that note, brother, thank you so much for hopping on. I'm glad we finally did it. You know, yeah, we were talking, man. I'm like, yeah, I think we were having the conversation before. It's like, wait, no, I haven't had him on. How have I not have you? Have, how have I not had you on the podcast yet? Well, it's like last year in Utah, right? I was, I, I we saw each other a couple of times and it's busier than, than I'll get up there. And yeah. I was like, this year you were actually on my list. I'm like, okay, I'm going to get Sam to sit down with me in the booth and you know just shoot the shoot the mess for a little bit and then uh coco 19 hit us and you know kind of thwarted my entire my entire deal leading up to hunt expo this year so that was a bummer but we'll have to uh we'll have to make up for that oh uh, yeah you know this year coming up and sit down and chop it up in there absolutely appreciate you having me on man like i said it's always an honor to share that time man it's uh I love following you. The knife thing, man. Okay. I'm just saying it right. That, that you guys buy this guy's knives because I've never seen anybody. I dabbled in that. I've never seen anybody that fast produce what Sam is producing. So, you know, order a knife, get cut, uh, help him support his new addiction. Heck yeah, man. Let me uh, help, help support the podcast. Cause let's yeah, face there. it. That's where, that's where all that knife money is going is just keep this thing afloat. That's it, man. Yeah. It's, it's really, it is income out. That's what, you know, like I said, I'm going to plug Western fly covers, right? So yeah, yeah. I, it's, it's ultra light gear. Uh, what I, what I started with was pack flies and bino flies. Um, so as we're out, you know, in the snow, even in the dry months when it's dusty, right. We want to keep our optics clean, dry. It's a rain cover or a fly that goes over your bino harness because a lot of the bino harnesses, as great as they are, they are not fully waterproof uh, and our lenses fog, things like that on our binos. So got the bino fly, got the pack flies that'll fit anywhere from an 18 uh, cubic inch to about a 7000 cubic inch. And if you got something larger that you want to deal with or smaller, hit me up. But it's Western fly covers. Uh, you guys check that out. Shameless plug. That helps me support my podcast. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Well, I will also make sure to link to that on the show notes page again, brother. Thank you so much for hopping on. Thank you, man. We'll talk to you. All right, y'all. That'll do it for this episode of the wild initiative. Make sure to check out the show notes page at the wild initiative.com slash one ninety nine to get links to everything we talked about in today's episode. That'll do it for this week. Looking forward to next time. But until then, I hope this episode inspired you to get involved, get outdoors and plan your initiative for the wild. Thank you for listening to the wild initiative. Please take a moment to leave a rating and review on iTunes or Stitcher and head on over to the wild to get show notes. Check out the blog gear discounts, other podcasts from the wild initiative family and more. 